we had opportunity, we could try and paint a picture of all the love that is poured into the hearts of husbands around the world for their wives, of wives for their husbands, of family blessings and joys, and pour them all into one great container, and it would still fall far short of the love that was in the Father's heart for His own Son. Thank you for joining with us here on Let the Bible Speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. We're on the air again to bring you the good news that the Lord Jesus saves. And today we're going to be dealing with the world's greatest Bible text. What would you consider to be the greatest text in all of the world? That is a Bible text, the text that most people know, the text that most people have memorized, the text that we wish we could say all Canadians know and believe. Sadly, that's not true. Now, the text that we have here is John 3.16. For God so loved the world, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And this is indeed the text that if a man knows, reads over, prays over, calls on God to work in his heart, he will be truly saved. But if a person does not know John 3.16 at all and has no idea of what it teaches, well, they are certainly not a born-again Christian, not a believer in the true and living God and saved by grace. But once a man gets John 3.16 within his heart, then he is saved, and the work of the cross applies to him. For, for this reason, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. This is a great text, and I have great joy in going to our pulpit ministry and bringing you this message from John 3, Verse 16. We're opening our Bibles again at John chapter 3, and yes, our text is verse 16, that well-known text to so many, probably the world's best-known Bible text. And yet, sadly, we could not say that every Canadian knows John 3.16, and how sad that is. And it reminds us that we have a great deal of evangelism yet to do in this beloved and privileged country of Canada, because there are many that do not even know this wonderful Bible text, which in 25 words gives us the whole gospel from A to Z, or Z, as some of our American friends might say. 
I want to preach on it today because it is the text where I started my gospel preaching. I was 20 years old, and I was called upon by the youth fellowship in our church to speak on a Saturday evening at an evangelistic meeting in Oma Free Presbyterian Church. I had just left the Young Farmers Club. I had told them I had become a Christian and that I would not be attending their functions anymore. And I took an opportunity to invite uh, them to come and join in on that Saturday evening service, and some did. And I took as my text John 3.16. I have no idea how I handled it. No idea of how I preached it. I don't have the notes on it anymore. But in the goodness of God, in that meeting, there was a young boy who indicated that he would like to be saved. And I remember talking with him afterwards, and I was such a new Christian myself, I hardly knew how to guide him. And I took what was then Christ as the answer booklet as a guide on how to guide him and how to trust in the Lord. And on this first Sunday of the year, I think I can do no better than to come back to John 3.16 to preach this message of the gospel. And may God by His Spirit seal this text, this gospel truth, to your heart and to some soul today that needs the Lord Jesus. Here is my outline, and I want you to follow it very carefully. In this text, we see that the Lord Jesus is the Son of the Father's infinite love. In this text, we see that the Lord Jesus is the Father's gift to His covenant people. In this text, we see the Lord Jesus is the bearer of the Father's holy wrath. And then fourthly, so you may not get an early lunch today, you may have to bear with me a little bit, the fourth point here, the Lord Jesus is the guarantee of the Father's eternal life, the guarantee. Of all these things in one text, it is all about the Lord Jesus, for He is the Savior that you need. You've probably heard that before. You wonder why you keep getting bombarded with this same exhortation. You need the Lord Jesus in your life. Well, John 3.16 will make that abundantly clear to you. And that's my prayer today. So the Lord Jesus is the Son of the Father's infinite love. We are back here to the term, the only begotten Son. That simply means that He is totally, absolutely equal with the Father. He is the Father's other self, three persons in the Trinity, equal in power and in glory. We need to understand the bond, the delight that was in the Father's heart for His own Son. To grasp that and to do it from the Bible, I want you now to turn to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 8. And let us read together from verse 24. 
Proverbs chapter 8, and we'll begin at verse 24. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. This is referring to the Lord Jesus. It is messianic. It is without question an insight, a window into the existence of the Son with the Father before his incarnation. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water, before the mountains were settled, before the hills, was I brought forth. While as yet he had not made the earth nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world, when he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the water should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. In that statement, you begin to understand the delight that God the Father took in his Son. And that delight was reciprocal. The Lord Jesus delighted in the Father. There was no tension in the Trinity. There was no division between the purposes, the desires of Father and Son. When our Lord Jesus came into this world, he came to glorify the Father, to do his will. All his ways honored his Father, and those who honor him honored the Father. And so this is that family union that was between the Father. It was a family love, it was a reciprocal love, and it was a divine love. It is immeasurable. And while Proverbs 8 gives us that little window into the Trinity and the union, the delight, the communion the Father had with the Son, yet how can we possibly measure the love of God for His own Son? We certainly know that it was beyond human love because it was infinite. It was beyond the love of angels. It was much more than in angelic communion. And it is beyond all the combined love of the creation. If we had opportunity, we could try and paint a picture of all the love that is poured into the hearts of husbands around the world for their wives, of wives for their husbands, of family blessings and joys, and pour them all into one great container, and it would still fall far short of the love that was in the Father's heart for His own Son. Being infinite love, it was unending, uninterruptible. It was endless communion. Nothing would cut it off. And Jesus himself, if we know him, 
comprehend him is the measure of the Father's delight in him. And so we begin to measure the love of God for us. You cannot understand how much God loves you until you comprehend how much God loved his own Son. Because this text says it, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. The love that he has for souls in this world is up there with the love, the immeasurable love, that he has given to his own Son. And the question is, why? Why would the self-existent, self-fulfilling God of glory take an interest in the souls of sinful men and to love them to such a degree? That's the wonder of it all. That's the amazing fact of God's grace toward his people. And the Bible tells me, and I'll share the text with you that I base this on, it's John 15 verse 9, that the measure by which the Father loves his Son, the Lord Jesus loves you and me. Now again, that's beyond me. It's incalculable. John 15 verse 9, it's a great text. And if you were to get a hold of this text today, it will melt your heart. As the Father hath loved me, so the same degree, the same kind of love, the same amazing love, have I loved you. Do you understand what a friend we have in Jesus? Do you understand the nature of his love for your soul. And he tells us, continue ye in my love. The sad thing is that many of us lose that first love, that fresh gush of delight in the Savior's saving and loving our souls. Continue ye in my love. If you don't get anything else out of this message today, I would pray that this text would be burned into your mind and heart. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. And so the Lord Jesus is the very gift of the Father's love. The Lord Jesus is the Father's gift to his covenant people. You may be asking, who are those people whom the Father so loves? It is described here as the world. But does that mean universalism? That every child born into the human race, sons of Adam, are the object of the Father's love? We know that not all the sons of Adam go to heaven. We know that there is a broad road that leads to destruction, and many there are that go in their land. Narrow is the way to heaven, and few there be that find it. Covenant people 
are an elect people. They are a definite number of people chosen out of the world, out of every nation, tribe, and tongue. They are called in this text, the whosoever. Now, it's not all and every man, but it's all who believe. So none are excluded who believe. I cannot tell you who the elect are. I do not know the number of Canadians whose names are from all eternity marked in the book of eternal life. But I can hear the profession of faith of the sinner that says, I believe, and he or she is a whosoever, included, accepted, and saved for all eternity. None are left out who believe. Faith is what makes Jesus to be your personal Savior. And the Lord Jesus is the gift of God. He's a covenant Savior who possesses all the riches of God. In Ephesians 1, 3, we're told, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So he comes to us as the Father's gift, and he comes bearing gifts. He's the giver who giveth and giveth and giveth again. This is the wonder of this glorious gospel. Now, do you know that? Are you now a believer in the Lord Jesus? Are you one of the whosoever? Only when you believe can you put your name in. Now, think of the, the wonderful hymn, If I've Jesus, Jesus only, what though clouds are hovering o'er me, and I seem to walk alone. Longing my, mid my cares and crosses for the joys that now are flown. If I've Jesus, Jesus only, then my sky shall have a gem. He's a son of brightest splendor and the star of Bethlehem. As a believer in the Lord Jesus, how rich we are. How we have every blessing in spiritual and heavenly places. I trust that today that you are a whosoever, that you are a believer in the Lord Jesus. There is no reason for you to be on the outside, excluded, a stranger to the love of God. We're inviting you into the family of believers that enjoy all the gift of God that is in Christ Jesus. Just recently I was preaching the gospel and a young man wanted to know the way of God's salvation. I sat down with him and I shared Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. He looked up into my eyes and he said, Wow! He could hardly believe that God's salvation could be a gift. 
Now that verse, and I explained that that verse clearly teaches that it is not of ourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. And the whole plan of God's salvation excludes man's effort, man's works, because man would boast. God's salvation is all of God, all of grace. It's a complete gift because all the glory will be given unto God. Now, that's a concept that many people find hard to grasp because the Bible is full of commands, full of injunctions, and calls us to a life of obedience and serving God faithfully. But when it comes to salvation, when it comes to how we are brought into a right relationship with God by reconciliation, by the gospel, it is always through a gift, a gift of God's grace. And after we are saved, yes, we do certain things that please God and we seek to live according to his will. But to be saved, the very need of calling on God to save our souls, it is all of grace, all of God, and all of sovereign mercy. Now, I hope that you get that. I hope that you understand that your salvation is completely from A to Z, altogether all of God from beginning to end. In Hebrews 12, we are told that he is the author and the finisher of our faith, and we do not do anything in between. He is altogether our Savior, and his name is called Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And it is not that he enables us to do certain things, but he has done the work for us. And for that reason, the Lord Jesus came into the world. For that reason, he was sinless, and he lived the life that you and I should have lived. He, by his obedience, keeping the law of God from beginning to end all the days of his life, sinlessly, perfectly, has earned an obedience that is now transferred to us by a gift. It is given unto us. And of course, the whole scheme of God's salvation is a gift from beginning to end. Now, I want you to have that gift. And if you are not yet a Christian, if you have not called on the Lord to save you, you can receive that gift today by faith. Faith is the stretched out hand that receives the gift of God. Now, it's an empty hand. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. And there's no other way for you to be saved than by receiving all the gift of God to your heart, trusting in the Lord to save your soul. Now, you need to do that. You need to call on the Lord to be your Savior. And in doing so, you confess that you have nothing to bring, nothing to offer. You come naked in your rags, and you pray that you be accepted and that you take God's gift, the way of salvation, by simple personal faith in 
the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you can pray right now where you are. You can call on the Lord right now. Just stop what you're doing. Close your eyes. Fix your heart. Look to Calvary. See the Lord Jesus bleeding in your place. See his blood that was poured out to wash away your sins. And call on the very words of John 3.16. And you simply say, Father, you have said that you so loved us that you gave your only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I'm coming, and I am taking by faith the gift of salvation. Now, such a prayer God will hear, and you will be saved. Now, if I can be of any personal help to you to seek the Lord or to confirm anything to your heart, feel free to give me a call or send me an email. All the information on my phone number and email are coming up toward the end of the program. And may the Lord, in His grace, work in your heart to lead you to simple personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how we are saved. Now, after this hymn, we'll come back and we'll talk a little further and we'll take a look again at John 3.16. So, don't go away. Stay with us as we bring this gospel hymn. When I think of my Savior's great love in coming from heaven above to die on the tree for a sinner like me I am sure that he loves even me I am sure that he loves even me to let the Bible speak. This is Pastor Ian Golliher, and our message today has been on John 3.16, the world's greatest text. And I hope that you will join us again tomorrow as we bring part two of this message, and may the Lord save you. If I can be of personal help, be in touch. I look forward to hearing from you. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can find it archived by program date on our website. Just go to 
tbs.ca, CA for Canada. There you can read my blog, find my Bible study notes, audio and video sermons, as well as helpful articles. Or you can go to our podcast on iTunes. We're on the air Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our full church broadcast and Monday to Friday, 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. on this station to bring you the gospel from our free Presbyterian church here in Cloverdale. We also invite you to our church services on Sundays, 10.30 and 6 p.m. Through our website, you can listen and view to our online services at 10.30 and 6 p.m. Make it your Sunday worship. Click on the Live Now button on the homepage of our website. Or if you would like to talk with me one-on-one as a pastor, please give me a call. The phone number is 604-897-2040. The mailing address is 187 9058 Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3S1M6. We're located just two blocks north of Number 10 Highway on 188th Street. Our website again is ltbs.ca. You can join us Monday to Friday, 5 a.m., 5 p.m., here on this station as we let the Bible speak. Music.